You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. All right, let's get back to some boring subjects. Understand the risk to our country. Freedom brings people together. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to We Are Libertarians, also in the Chris Spangle Show feed, so hopefully you're not confused, but We Are Libertarians, the longest-running libertarian podcast. We're almost to 13 years. It'll, I think, be the luckiest year. (laughs) This is also the (laughs) only libertarian podcast that isn't totally bat as crazy. We're glad to have you here, and we have a bunch of different people from diverse opinions talking about current events, and... Now, we didn't end up monarchists. I think that's good, Harry, right? I'm still a monarchist. Oh, you are? Uh, yeah, okay. I'm sorry. Anarcho-Afro-monarchist. I'm, I don't believe in authoritarian government. And then also Reinhold's here, but he's a super lib. It's anarcho I'm just anti-populist. Christy Avery's already starting. All right, we're talking Trump 2024. Again, the only libertarian podcast that is not going to be simping for Trump or Joe Biden. Everybody else. Or, or, or Kennedy. Or Kennedy, or really any candidate. Yeah. <laughs> or Vivek. I don't think there's any candidate I like. Chase Oliver seems like a nice guy, but come on. It's the Libertarian <laughs> Party. All right. Th- oh, stay tuned. We're going to talk to 2024 and chit-chat about that. And we'll see you on the other side of these spots. Warning. This show is for adults. Produced by semi-adults. So the language is sometimes strong and offensive. Uh, I don't know what I said. Uh. Welcome to We Are Libertarians, where our goal is to help you sound smarter while talking to your friends. We examine current events from a libertarian perspective while treating modern politics with all of the irreverence it deserves. There has been lie after lie. We toss out the screaming heads, put people before political parties, and give context to the news to make you think. Now, here's our host, a 15-year veteran of politics and media, Chris Spangle. Welcome back to the show. My name is Chris Spangle. I'm the host here at We're Libertarians. And we were trying to figure out, Harry, my Harry Price, my co-host, how long have you been doing this? 2016? 2015? Before 2016, because we've been doing, what, just you and me or just I, with the network? Just to you. When was your first appearance? I want to say Bush, but it was still in office last year. Bush was it? No, because this show long? was this show started under Obama. Was 2012. It? Yeah, was yeah. it Obama? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think 2015. I bet is the safe bet. So almost 10 years with our dear friend Harry. You have to have surpassed Lens as the longest, the, the most shows. See, last time we did it, it was like you had 80 and he had 225. Yeah. yeah. And obviously that's where he stopped. And then you're at 80. <laughs> And then also here's Reinhold. How are you? I'm doing all right. And then the pastor of disaster from Cleveland or somewhere in Ohio, Vaughn. How are you today? Pretty good. It's close to Cleveland. That's what I tell everyone. I'm near Cleveland. And then Brian is also here. Brian from Northern Indiana. How are you today? I am dandy. I just helped my niece move, and we got it all done in two hours, so I consider that a win. That's a dream. Yeah, nothing's... Yes. My my wife was like, maybe you should move. I go, we have stability. Let's just stay here another year <laughs> and enjoy peace, because I the, the idea of moving... I've been really three weeks just to move those books. <laughs> I know three. The books are the worst part, but yeah, I I am glad that we are here in the Doolittle Studios hanging out, and then we've got Vaughn and Brian online, and glad to be back in person. I've obviously the feed didn't take a break. We've been posting, but 
I really haven't podcasted in two, three months because I had a, I've been working on a very special project that I'll be announcing here in the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned to my uh, social media. But I'm really excited to come and talk to you guys today. I'm really excited to get back to podcasting. It's the first time I've taken a three-month break since I started, really, in 2009. And it feels really good to be energized and back here with you. Christy Avery says, wow, it's noon already. No, we're recording this at 1.30 because we had internet issues. <laughs> Thank you for your grace and understanding, Christy. <laughs> and then Michael Rose says, hopefully everyone's having a great day. And we are. I'm having a great day. I don't know about Harry. Harry seems a little grumpy. Yeah, because the router's <laughs> down, but it's messing up for some reason. But it's going to be okay. You said this year is our 13th year, which is good. That's Taylor March. Swift's lucky number. So. March 12th, it'll be 13 years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really excited for this year. It's always a fun year when it is an election year. We're going to keep doing what we're doing, talking current events and getting together and chatting about it. You may agree, you may not agree. That's okay. But we are going to start the year off with Harry's favorite subject, which is Trump. I thought we had been. We thought we were done with Trump episodes, right? Yeah, I thought we were done. We thought we were done with Trump. I th- yeah. no, the uh, impeachment processes, the political process didn't work, and then the political process didn't work again this time. The legal process looks like it's not going to work. So I guess we have a dictator if he wins in twenty twenty four. But the stage is set for a rematch here in twenty twenty four, where Donald Trump will face Joe Biden for the presidency. Here's my thoughts on it. I'll get the, the discussion started. We don't really have any kind of plan. That's, that's just going to chit-chat about it. But I feel like 2024 represents... I know everybody says this is the most important election of your lifetime <laughs> because they're trying to get you to vote for their candidate. Every year. Every time. This seems to be the first time. So when, when we did the episode with Dan Miller over on the Chris Spangle Show where Dan talked about the 1800 election of... Are we going to jettison the republic and start with something new? Or are we going to continue this process, this project? <laughs> and uh, it represented a, a fundamental choice. And that has stuck in my mind. Because what we are offered in 2024 with Joe Biden is a continuation of the system. Which I think everybody feels like the system is not tenable. There's no reason to keep the system running, right? The system yeah. is overbloated. It is not working for our biggest expenditures. The debt is going to kill us in the 2030s. And the biggest expenditures are entitlement programs like Social Security, Medicaid, Medicare. Those people receiving it don't feel like they're being well served. But So the whole system is not working, which is why we're seeing polarization. And then there's the choice of Donald Trump. And the choice of Donald Trump is also, in my mind, totally unconstitutional. Even though both of these sides like to wrap themselves in the Constitution, neither side is for limited government. They are for two different versions of unlimited government. One is, let's tax and spend and grow the sides of government and keep expanding, and we can do modern monetary theory and print money and Mm -hmm. just give everybody what they need. And then Donald Trump also believes all that stuff, but really wants to break down the legal system that keeps politicians accountable. So as unaccountable as the politicians are in the Joe Biden system, the existing system that we've had since post-World War II, really post-World War I, moving forward with Donald Trump, 
any kind of accountability is not going to exist. The system will now actively start to punish people. Donald Trump made like four different comments in a week about how he's going to be a dictator and he can assassinate political opponents as president and it's legal if he does it, if he's president. And he's telling us exactly who he is. And now voters have a choice with no real third alternative. Sorry, Libertarian Party people. But the, the majority of Americans will choose neither of these options. And it really sucks. Ryan Holden? The majority of uh, the population is going to choose one of those two options. They're the majority gonna, of voters will. Yeah, well, yeah, but they're not going to vote for somebody. They'll be voting against somebody. Exactly right. So do, do you, uh, let's open it up and uh, announce yourself. But do you feel I have represented the choice right, or is the idea that we are choosing something new by affirming the system? And oh, by the way, Joe Biden is the last of the old liberal order in mm-hmm. terms of the Democratic Party. What comes after Joe Biden is a very progressive uh, party, which you're seeing play out after October 7th. You're seeing play out on college campuses. It's a very left-wing progressive party and on the right you have a very national national conservative natcon weirdly they're pro they're pro government to enforce their beliefs but then on foreign policy they're the the reasonable choice on a lot of military <laughs> they're going more right-wing and more fascist and then the left is going more socialist and so this is the there, there's not better options after these two. It's to me, I think, only going to get more divided. There is another. Don't worry. Okay, who is it? Fetterman, John Fetterman. Yeah, that's it. He's holding. He's going to hold the line. What's funny about Fetterman is that I always liked him because I like anybody who's odd and mm-hmm. out, isn't trying to play the game. Mm-hmm. And I don't, yeah. buy, I don't buy all that. Oh, he's wearing gym shorts. He's the Republicans yeah, just hated him because he was a liberal. Yeah, and, and because he was on the other side. But he always had a funny, weird streak. And now to watch them embrace him yeah. when they talk so much trash about him and posted all these horrible memes about him. He's a, Go he's ahead, a Pennsylvania Democrat. He's a lot like Sherrod Brown, the Democratic senator from the Ohio. And they're both very much in the old school labor, labor dem yeah. camp, very much for the blue collar. There are a lot of Republicans in Ohio who still like Sherrod Brown. Because he's for the he cares about the normal guy. He, a normal blue collar guy can see him on the street, talk to him, and say, "I'm having this problem." And Sherrod Brown office will go and do something about it. And that's the similar type of politician that labor Democrat. And there's not that many of them left. There's somebody who could take over in the Democrat side of things that is, you know, would be a great leader and everything like that. Would be Bob Mendelson, right? <laughs> You mean uh, Bob Menendez? Menendez, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bob Menendez. You can't do any worse. Is, well, is there something going on with him? I hadn't heard anything. Uh, yeah, the same uh, thing that's been going on yeah. with him for 30 years, and the Democrats won't hold him accountable. Fetterman would. Yep. Fetterman would. Yep. He, he, he did. He called him, him out. Fetterman's crying. Yep. That's the thing about Pennsylvania. It's, Indiana used to be this way hmm. for the entirety of its history, but it was very swing statey. It voted for Obama, I think, right. in 2012. Um, Just, so yeah. did Ohio. Yeah. 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 It, was, it was a balance of the, the large population centers against the rural, right? It was yeah. an up and down balance type of thing, but it's starting to, it, it has shifted a little bit, but I think it's winging back. Yeah. Media has made it everything. If you, I go to a lot of networking events now because I'm do, doing podcast coaching and I'm trying to find clients that I can 
so I can pay the bills. So I spend a lot of time out at different groups talking to different people. And when you talk to them, reality is one thing. And then when I get home and turn on Twitter and Facebook, it's just a different <laughs> thing. Yeah. It doesn't reflect yeah. where I live. And that's why, like, Kamala Harris, not Kamala Harris, I'm sorry. Uh, oh, God. I'm, no, I'm blanking on her name. Kamala the lady who's still running against Trump. That Oh, Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley. Yeah, Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley and Vivek were, and even Ron DeSantis were all making the same mistake in the primaries. They were catering to the Twitter crowd. Mm-hmm. Their entire election, their entire strategy was based on getting that Twitter crowd. Yeah, and they yeah. would, and they wouldn't call out Trump for his ex, for his abuses and stuff. They would call him out, and say, well, "Yeah, he he raised the debt, and he, we we should yeah. be against that, and blah blah blah." But uh, she says that she would pardon him if she got into office. So it's yeah, well, and they that don't want to lose the power. Him, Yeah, but you can't. Yeah. You're you're going against Trump's going to get his base. So quit trying mm-hmm. to play to his base. Play to the rest yeah. of the Republican Party who's looking for a way out of this Trump nonsense. Well, but v- Vivek is his goal is to inherit that movement, which you will. Yeah, right, because right. No, he's extremely saying, gifted. Nikki, Nikki should be going that other direction. Yeah, she's just beyond. But the, the problem well, for the neoliberal Republican is there's no appetite there. The the Bill Crystals right, yeah. of the world. There's no nothing about them. There's no political viability for an Adam King yeah. Kinzinger. Who cares? Right. Right? Yeah. The the yeah, party. Each of our par- the party yeah, has. Right. Hold on, man. The party yeah. has shifted to the point that it's not the Republican Party I grew up in. It it isn't where we're for the global international order in terms of keeping NATO alive, supporting the UN, working with other countries. It's become very much more closed off and shaped in the vein of Viktor Orban, where we want a Christian state that is a strongman state that is very internally support it really models the european right now where international politics aren't as important immigration's very important mm-hmm. and domestic politics are very important versus the world that like nikki haley grew up in and, and is trying to buy for where there is no viable market for it is the global international order let's send troops to ukraine the george bush party doesn't exist anymore where mm-hmm. let's do compassionate conservatism and work with the government and tweak it's I, I think that party is still there they're just silenced yeah. i don't think so at all really? I, I know. when i talk to local I, there, when I talk to local republicans uh, hold on we'll go to vaughn and then brian after this but when i talk to local republicans when i'm out and about like they they may not like trump but they the there's just not enough of them. Like the people who controlled the Republican Party that kind of thought the way the Bush thought are all older. They're not in charge of anything anymore. They're not interested in politics. They're interested in civil society and supporting other things. Good. And their parties are really controlled by younger people, people under 40. Because they're the ones who run all the campaigns. They're the ones who are the consultants. They're the ones who are talking to donors. Politics is a young person's game, which is why you see so much more. And young people just are generally attracted to um, radicalism. And then after 40, they become a little more conservative. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Vaughn. I was going to say, really, what we got, we have a, we're going through a major party restructuring. And right now, you've got at least two groups in each of the parties, the Democrats and the Republicans, that are fighting. And like you said, the Republicans are being taken over by the populist. Maybe even you would call them almost labor right. And it's going to change what the right is. And then the left, you've got the more progressive, 
left that's trying to take over. And I don't know how it's going to all lay down because I think whichever party ends up succeed, whichever of the extremes ends up succeeding and taking over their party first, the other party is going to end up being where all the people left Exodus, all the middle people. Right. And so there's no idea what's going to happen. Honestly, Brian, I I still think that there's, I'm agreeing with Dennis on this one. I still think that there are Republicans, maybe not the committees and not the people that are really running these elections. I think there are a lot of people out there who really think that there is some sort of way forward where America's still America. We still have strong military things like that. And, and Ryan will correct me on this on the, like the blue dog Democrats. I'm trying to remember what mm-hmm. they were back in the, in the eighties and nineties who thinks that America needs to be strong, but it doesn't need to run everything. And, and when I talk to people across that board, across that spectrum from the people who think Kamala is okay. Yeah, we can deal with her. if She's president to the people who think that Trump is, you can get into that middle area and say, look, we don't have to run everything here the country and all that and run to this fascist state just to take care of ourselves and make sure like the really terrible people that are taking humanitarian aid money and investing them in ballistic missiles and lobbing them onto cargo ships is maybe doing something like that. Thank you, Harry, that they would be able to go ahead and maybe take care of that issue. My my big thing is with the younger people is this, do do any of these younger people really want to send more kids off to places like Afghanistan? Or Iraq, do they look at their friends and say, hey, that was a good idea. Let's go ahead and do more of that. I think the vast majority of people look at that nowadays and go, that was a terrible idea. Yeah, the party and- of like Bill Maher just did a podcast and they titled the reason the last liberal. The guys like Bill Maher, who are pro civil liberties, anti-war, moderate state are very limited on the left. It's it's much more radical and it's. Paul so beautifully points out the blue dogs got sent to the kill shelter during the Obama administration. They did. And they're not coming back. Those blue dog Democrats, like you were saying, Biden is the last of that generation. After this, we get into the AOCs, we get into everything else, the Gavin Newsom's, things like that, where they're just going to beat on social issues to the point where they're going to lose 80 percent of a much bigger state and a much more aggressive military position from democrats joe biden has a war with texas a war with ukraine a war war in israel a war in iran now the people who are upset who you know are tired of all the hammering on the social issues and like on the left and they're going to go somewhere else where they're going to go because the right's doing the same thing only on their side yeah so somewhere someone's going to have to Re, re come back in. The, the, there's the no thing, incentive to do that. The, right, for the yeah. Republicans, the reason that they have to go towards social issues is because the only base that they have left is a lot of rural folks, mm-hmm. and they care about social issues. They don't get tax cuts. Right. Those people do not get the tax cuts because the nope. the wealthy who get the tax cuts are now progressives. Mm-hmm. And so there's no incentive for the Republican Party to talk about tax cuts ever again. It's trans issues, it's abortion, it's the issues that really speak to rural America. It's tariffs, protectionism. And on the left, they care about the wealthy elites are typically do-gooders who don't want to do, but they have money and will give. And then they want to please these younger bases. And neither party has any hairy concern or care 
Much I think the way that we grew up with libertarianism, like any concern or care for responsibilities or what we have promised to countries or citizens, like who cares? Blow it all up. Yeah, just blow it up. It's not mine. Right. Yeah, hold on. They, Harry, Harry's been and they, and they've been and they want to go to these parties. They want to go to this part. These people that believe these different things. The other thing I saw when it harkened back to the Republican Party is I think a lot of people would be there that would have the teeth in to help steer the Republican Party back. Got marched out the door during the Ron Paul era. Yeah, the revolution of that. They were just like the party. Mm. This old pe- these people in the party are kicking us out, and messing us up, and instead of staying in there and fixing it, they just pandered off and did something else. What's funny, Reinhold, is I I had someone say to me the other day, uh, what they say the 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 party, the Libertarian Party. Let's talk a little bit about that. Is better because now the Ron Paul Libertarians are in charge, and I was like. <laughs> Why do you think I was a libertarian to begin with? It was because of Ron Paul. I'm a Ron Paul libertarian. Speaking of which, being libertarian tweeted out a picture of Ron, a young Ron Paul. And, oh my. Look at how hot young Ron Paul is. Look at that, guys. Ooh. So you'll have to go check that out. Um, so my point about the Republican Party, though, is that they're in a unique situation where you've got the left who are being pulled by all the different groups. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Try to pull the, the populism over there, the Bernie Sanders, AOCs, things like that. So they're trying to figure all that out. The problem with the Republican party is that they are really just floundering around in a cult of personality problem, right? Mm-hmm. Once yeah. it's all coalescing around all the populism stuff. That's going to shunned a little bit on the right where they try to be more just, we're going to be straight conservatives, but we want a strong defense, that sort of thing. They're pushing more into the populist side of things because of Trump. And once mm-hmm. Trump is no longer a factor, which will happen someday soon. He is human. Then yes. it, whether he's in jail or whether he's passed away, whether he just keeps beaten again and again and finally people give up on him. Once he's no longer that much of a factor in that party, I think you're going to see it switch back where they're going to try and capture that middle and return, I don't, I don't think return so. to I still a right that. side, but not. Yeah. I, I spent I, in 2020, up until 2022, which is when I became very disillusioned. <laughs> I always thought the middle will, the, the center will hold. That's the American politics. That has always been the case that the moderations, right. the, the moderates moderate and will, and I don't think in the internet age that's possible. I just think it's more of a color I, personality issue that's. Mm-hmm. Strangleholded this, or split it all apart. Whereas there's not going to be Republican elites no. in ten years. No, populism. Trump isn't the cause of the populism. Trump took advantage of the yeah. populism. The populism. Right, right, right. The, the populist. The populist push on the right. It's always been there, but it's yeah. been getting stronger, and it's been getting stronger because of the legitimate grievances that a lot of the poor like the blue collar guys which is who's trump's base is becoming he's stealing the blue collar vote from the democrats Mm -hmm. and it's because he's actually putting word to the grievances the populist grievances that they have about the elites running over them looking down on them talking down to them treating them like garbage the democrats oh we're for the little people but you just called them little people yeah that's the whole thing they don't want to be talked down to anymore and it, it, Trump's going into that. Trump is a cause. He's not the 
or Trump right. is a symptom, symptom, not the cause of the populism. Yeah. Right. I don't know if you've seen this one paper. What is this like the? It's because the, they call the Midwest basically hobbits and dwarves, and the coastal elites are elves, and elves don't want to be ruled by hobbits and dwarves. Yeah. <laughs> I like yeah, that. That's about right. That was always it's, a thing, all... though. But that was always like you had the Beltway, and then you had people outside the Beltway in the middle, and the fly, co- the flyover states, and this has always been a, a thing. But I think. Trump has caused he he's able to coalesce it into that cult of personality. If you don't have that cult driving it, it was all that populist stuff was centered around when Ross Perot ran. He right. grabbed those guys and he was going with it. But as soon as he wasn't all around anymore, it fell apart. Yeah, you, you can't maintain yeah. a movement with just a person cult of personality. You gain some immediate power, but it will go away as soon as that's gone. Yeah. That's what the, a lot of the things with the Ron Paul Revolution did happen when Ron Paul stopped running and was out. Yeah. The air and a lot of people went to different winds and went to do different things. But you, you'll notice there's so many different strands of libertarians that call themselves Ron Paul libertarians. <laughs> I, I couldn't be more different than a guy who is a libertarian monarchist, whatever that is. That's like being a libertarian yeah. socialist. But <laughs> they still claim that they're the true inheritors of the Ron Paul Revolution, and it's yeah, I don't know. Brian, you well, look like you wanted to say something. I, the one thing that keeps coming back on all of this is that, yeah, there is a cult of personality that does get you that initial hit. But Obama, Hillary, they sit there and talk down to middle America. Mm-hmm. And they're basically yeah. just, oh, we're here to take care of you. Cling to your guns and your God and be deplorable, but keep voting for us. That was a slap in the face to a lot of people. And for when I saw when Trump got elected was the deplorable term, even though you can say context and things like that, that really pushed a lot of people forward. And that's why it was such a surprise, I think, in the end. That was a propagandic use of that phrase because she was only talking about a handful of Trump supporters, the real MAGA Mm -hmm. people, right? Yeah, but people do that. That's what's going on with with Taylor Swift. Like, Mm -hmm. people are not talking about Taylor Swift. They're talking about white progressive young women, Mm -hmm. which they hate as much as they hate immigrants. And then people who are Taylor Swift fans feel that they're being targeted. Right. It's like the people make avatars out of these things, Harry. Yeah. And instead of just embracing Taylor Swift when they had the chance, she lives in Tennessee. They could have made the case to, to her right. and to her mm-hmm. entire base. And she stayed yeah. out of politics for the longest time. But they made the Republican Party made their politics toxic a lot of it. She yeah, like politics the last election because right. of the abortion stuff. Of abortion right. stuff. Because they kept pushing this thing that kept going. It's just un, you know. And now she's she's arguing. So I saw someone tweet out. Just, I used to take my kids to all these different concerts and my older girls. And now I've taken my kids to a Taylor Swift concert. And she's arguably the most conservative in terms of all the shows yeah. and messages and the least sexual. Yep. And yet the guys who are the most conservatives, the trad cons don't like her, but that's, it's because she's an avatar. We're, we're like living in this world of avatar politics where everybody's mad at the straw man mm-hmm. and not actually talking to each other. Doesn't make any sense, Brian. Uh, she's a billionaire at this point. <laughs> and seriously, and seriously, she's built her empire. Yes, her parents are rich. Yes, you can make the Trump argument. I only got a million dollar loan, blah, blah, blah. But she's built this on her own. Yes. And she's talented. Mm-hmm. It's not that she's being spoon fed. Here's the song. She writes good music. Mm-hmm. And she's built herself. And that's everything that's supposedly supposed to be the right side of politics is not having a handout. You build yourself up and do all these things. And yeah, it is hilarious to watch them come out against her because she is the most traditional. The only thing she's not doing is wearing a skirt uh, down to her ankle. Well, she's not married and she's not taking care of the family. She's also not a man. 
That's it. Uh, wait, she's not? She oh, could oh, be in this oh, day and age. Yeah, I was gonna it's say, 2024. Right you can be whatever you want, right, Harry? <laughs> you can be a thick, what'd you talk about? Thick booties elves in anime before we started the show? Right. This is the year of the elf. Uh, Japan has uh, released a lot of different cool uh, elf animes to basically, <laughs> depending on how you want it. Do you want them tiny, small, and very old? You've got them. You also got them thick. Very old? Yeah, if you want a thousand-year-old elf girl. Silver elf girl. <laughs> I love that ja- Jap- Japan has released these. Yeah. Like it's, released the waifus. The, minis- the Ministry of Waifus it, yeah, has released it, the new thick elf. It's the same ministry that a everyone that Taylor would be able to make it from her concert in Tokyo back to the Super Bowl in yeah. time. They, they put a release out on that. So this is just... <laughs> Alright, so let's switch gears. I think we all agree that where we're heading is... Let's finish this before we move on to the Colorado stuff. Let's go around the horn. Do you see uh, nature healing and us getting back to the 1990s style of politics? Or do you think that in 20 years we're in a radically different place as a country? Where is it overly alarmist? And things will be better once Trump goes away? Or are we in deep trouble? Harry, go ahead. Oh, great. I get to go first. I will say this is the, my, be my first time ever going to the vote for a presidential election that I really don't have a viable other option to yeah. go for. This literally is just... <laughs> it, and it sucks. This, this really does suck. And I blame all of you guys. You mean white people, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, oh, really, it's, um, it's February. Go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, I could do that. Yeah. Um, do I think every, I do, I think it's going to get, get better once Trump does finally just goes away. It will take some time for it to heal. But yeah, I, I think he, he is a symptom of this, of everything that's going on. But the one thing I do like about it is that he does prove that the system can hold politicians accountable. Mm. I think there's a lot of people in the middle of, when he's going, he's getting busted. He's losing cases. He's, I've, I've got, it's, I know. I've got hope. Re- Reinhold's up with a trigger warning, Harry. No, we Sorry. try to be optimistic, and then Reinhold just sits just over there sit like an like, old grumpy Japanese elf. And he's being no. <laughs> We've got cases. This is, <laughs> things are How happening. are those cases going right now? Yeah. <laughs> well, if they didn't Stop hire it, their Reinhold. boyfriend to run the cases, hey, it's probably that's, better. That's for the next half. That's for the next half, Dennis. That's for the next half. Final thought, Harry. I'm done. I'm done. Okay. Black pill now. Twenty years from now, what does it look like, Reinhold? I think twenty years from now, it looks like it did in the '40s because we're just reliving the 1924s again. So it's a hundred years ago. We were doing these exact same stuff, almost word for word. You could take statements that were made by the second rise of the KKK and their leaders, and you could interpose them with what Trump is saying, and they would be the same thing. It's literally the same thing. Yeah. If you read Death of Democracy about the rise of Hitler's party. It started with immigration and the, the other rising continued and there was trickery through, I mean, it's an amazing book, death of democracy. I don't know who wrote it, but it's really good. And you, know, you read Timothy Egan's new book, fever in the heartland about the twenties clan. You see the messages of fascist, fascistic messages in yeah. it. And it's the, the guarded gates. Another good one. Yeah. yeah. And there's, the rhyming of history is significant. So Reinhold predicts a world war, a Holocaust, and a Great Depression. So. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I think it's. I think we're going to go a little. Fr- so you say we is it, do we fear technology? Yeah, should we fear things going on right now? Yeah, we should definitely fear what's going on right now. I still think it's going to get better, but I don't think we're at the peak of the worst. Okay, Vaughn. All right. I think it's going to. It's not going to be the nineties again. I don't think that's happening. 
I think we've got two things going on at the same time that are creating a lot of instability. You have the the great party reset that I've been, our party system is changing. The Republican party and the Democrat party in 20 years are not going to be the Democrats and the Republicans that we know right now. And whether or not they're both still the two parties or another party comes in, we don't know yet. That's one of the big changes. And then also we just have the internet is basically the Gutenberg of modern times and it's completely revolutionizing the way we communicate. So I have no idea where we're going to be in 40 years. I hope it's going to be good, but we just don't know. It could go either way. Brian? Uh, it just depends on what the AI tells me I have to do about 20 years from now. <laughs> no, I, I legitimately think things are going to get better. I think the time frame of the 90s type of, hey, we're going to get back to this kind of controlled kind of party grassroots type of thing. I think that will exist, but it's not going to exist in the way that it did in the 90s because there's way too much communication going on and we're still learning it. And Gen Z's kind of learning, Hey, you don't need to have all this to a point. But the one thing that keeps coming to mind when I think about all the times back in the twenties and things like the 1924 and the concerns you guys have comes back to people really didn't leave their, their town, their, their area. They stayed there. Maybe they took a trip to the big city and things like that came back we weren't going driving down to Florida every summer and stuff like that. And that's the one thing I've always said, travel mutes fear, because if you've traveled the world, if you travel this country and things like that, you could be paranoid driving into thinking that a crowd in for whatever reason in Alabama is going to attack you because you look different or sound different and things like that. And they really don't care because you're pulled into a Bucky's and are buying $78 worth of various things and get out the door. And you find out that things aren't as terrible. Generally, everybody wants the same thing in the end to be generally left alone. Let me live my life and not worry about the BS that's happening at the top. Now, I think the BS that's happening at the top needs a hell of a lot more sunlight. But I think that happens more often now uh, that more information is going to get released and things like that as technology moves forward. So yeah. I'm optimistic. I, I tend to agree. I've always I think that government becomes more relevant and I think technology is the driver of where we're going as it has look at how we sort ourselves now. We don't sort ourselves by location. We do it by interest. You are socially gathering with people who are interested in the same things as you. That's a very real social shaper that was brought about by social media. And I think you're going to see like local politics become incredibly more important, local networks, local co-ops of food, of education, whatever, as the system slowly erodes. I don't see a giant collapse, but I do think that you're going to see the American government continue to erode and become more polarized and more and more people opt out and stop paying attention to it like they have over the last 20 years. And so I don't foresee like some gigantic catastrophe. I just see more of the same where we still have some form of prosperity that is ever shrinking. But then also, you know, we are opting out of that system and trying to create our own. And then AI may kill us. So we'll see. Um, that's, <laughs> but I think AI is a huge disruptor in the way that yeah. the Internet was a disruptor. And I think that we'll see that... Um, What's your problem, Reinhold? Why are you shaking your head? This, this whole idea that technology is going to make things better politically or whatever, it's 
been proven. I'm not saying false. it's going to make well, I mean, anything really. better. I'm saying it's going to make it more irrelevant because people, yeah. because the system doesn't function, it doesn't work. So people are just going to continue. We are political people. We love politics, and everybody on this show right now has opted out of it. We're not participating. We're not even. We don't even like the party that we would most closely align. The most political I people I know aren't involved in their party anymore. But I was just, what I was talking about was like we have the tech, we have this all this information at our fingertips where we can have much better knowledge about what's going on, the, the realities, the videos, the things like that. And you still have from the time of January sixth till now, <laughs> more and more people <laughs> gaslit into not believing that what happened then happened. One hundred percent. Yeah. So you're watching yeah, a real time yeah. conspiracy about Taylor Swift, Joe Biden, and the Super Bowl mm-hmm. developing. Yeah. You've got yeah. Vivek I, amplifying it, and and in two years it will be the gospel truth to a lot of people. Yeah, even though it's completely insane, you watch it happen in real time. You're at the origin. You witnessed it, Harry. You're still you. Your uncle's going to say at Thanksgiving that this is exactly what happened at the Super Bowl. That's why Joe Biden won. It was Taylor Swift. Yeah, it is, that's that's going to be the conversation. It's what's going to happen. There's nothing you could do about it. You're just watching the slow train wreck. Yeah. All right. Speaking of slow train wrecks, now in our last half hour here, we're going to talk about whether or not Donald Trump should be on the ballot. I'm going to be honest. I don't know much about this story. So I'm relying on... We had a really good fight in the chat the other day between Reinhold and Brian... Reinhold versus Brian and Vaughn. And I didn't read it or know what they were talking about, but I knew there was a lot of passion. And therefore, Harry, we had to put it on the air. Mm-hmm. So Harry, I was like, we should talk about this. Go check out the chat. And Harry just replied, OMG, we have to. <laughs> That's why there's so many people on this call. But can somebody set up what's going in Colorado? Because I've been in a hole for three months. I don't really know what's going on with this. I- I'll tell you my priors, and maybe you all can convince me, but... It seems like a really bad idea to disenfranchise half the country that Donald Trump shouldn't be on their ballot. And the Supreme Court is probably this week, I would guess, is going to decide just that, that the Supreme Court will say Joe Biden can't or that Donald Trump can't be kicked off of ballots for being an insurrectionist by violating the 14th Amendment. Uh, Give me without your bias, Reinhold, because you will be fact checked by the more right leaning Brian and Vaughn. Give me the particulars of the story before we start debating, because I don't know much any more than that. I'll give you a little bit of the history of how this all came about. Okay. So, Judge Letting, Letting, I think is his name, was a former, he was going to be a nominee for the Supreme Court, but he was considered too right, too conservative. So, instead, we got Roberts. Okay. But that was who was going to be. The nominee at the time was was leading. He's federal society. He's conservative. He's been shared clerks with Scalia. And who is how's this letting guy involved? He and Lawrence Tribe got together and wrote an article stating that by the originalist understanding of the Constitution, Trump is ineligible to be to hold the office of president 
because of the 14th Amendment, Section 3, which states that if you uh, take an oath of office and then you can you engage in an insurrection or give aid to those who do, then you cannot be you cannot hold office again. Now, this was post-Civil War, and mm-hmm. there was a lot of debate around it. I actually read the amicus brief. James McPherson, a great Civil uh, War historian, wrote an amicus brief about the history mm-hmm. of this. And the intent was Donald Trump's claiming that it doesn't apply to the president, but they show very clearly in the debates of the time that the... 14th Amendment applied to even the president, that Jefferson Davis wasn't able to be president because anybody who was serving in an official capacity within the Confederacy could not then be in charge of the the federal government because they might steer it towards... I mean, they were... They there was a civil war, and then the winners wrote into the Fourteenth Amendment and, that the losers couldn't serve. And also in that debate, they stated that we are writing this amendment so that people in the future will be able to use this to protect our our form of government yeah. from that type of. Debate. In terms of original intent, there is a very clear statement by one of the senators who wrote the amendment that was the case that they are doing this for future insurrections because they saw this happening. Right. So. Then who did what in Colorado? So there was a so there's a group that's put together. It's a pack that was backing the effort of a couple of Republicans and an independent to sue the state to say that because Trump can't hold the office, he should therefore not be allowed on the ballot. Just like if somebody were 25 and wanted to run, he could not be on the ballot. Or if somebody were not natural born citizen, whatever that means, because the Supreme Court's never really defined that yet, then they couldn't be on the ballot. The state has to decide on who's going to be on the ballot and who's not. So they sued the state to say, since he can't hold the office, he shouldn't be on the ballot. Therefore, people won't throw their vote away by voting for him and then find out that he can't hold the office. And then what are we going to do? It would be a constitutional crisis at the end of the year. But obviously, I mean – it's up for debate whether or not Donald Trump engaged in an insurrection. It was, it was up the for States. debate, but that was part of the trial. So they right. provided evidence. They had a defense. The Trump had a defense. They had a, the other side providing the evidence. They presented it to the judge, went through all of the evidence, said it was clear that he had engaged in an insurrection. And this case was where? Colorado. Okay. All right. And And they used basically the decision on that, whether they even had jurisdiction on it or not. From a earlier case where they were trying to sue the Secretary of State to keep somebody else off the off the ballot, and they were trying to defend that, so they were the person who was the Secretary of State happened to be Trump's lawyer in this case, the, the trying to argue the other side of it. But that decision was decided upon by Neil Gorsuch, okay. who Neil Gorsuch said it's up to the state to determine who's eligible to be on the ballot for president. So it's up to each state to decide, yes. okay? That was his thing then. Now, whether he leaves it now or not, or what's going to happen, all that stuff's down, right. down the window. But if you go by the originalists' interpretation of, this, of the Constitution, which all these people in there now are doing in order to, to expand Second Amendment rights, they're using an originalist interpretation of the Constitution. If you don't follow that same originalist Constitution interpretation, this time it puts that in jeopardy. Okay, so the Colorado, the Coloradans, I think, are voting now, uh, and I think he's on the ballot. He's on the ballot cause because they put of, a stay until right. it could be – so it went through that, and then it went through a, an appeal process okay. because originally the judge said that um, 
it was clear that he committed an insurrection, but it wasn't clear to her. It was 50-50 on whether or not he was technically an officer of the of the United States at the time. Mm, okay. So that went to the appeals court, um, reaffirmed the um, finding of the insurrection. Okay. And also determined five to four that he was an officer. Uh, there were right. a couple dissents. One was saying that, this has no bearing and shouldn't be part of this 14th Amendment doesn't apply. It's not self-executing. The other two were we don't have – it shouldn't be up to us. It should be a federal thing. We don't think we have the jurisdiction. So there was some dissent there, but they all agreed that it was an insurrection and he was an officer. Because you really can't have the Republican nominee off in a hockey player's mouth where there's black holes across the states. It's really the federal – it's a good thing for the Supreme Court to, to decide. Mm-hmm. But what is this, the narrow question before the Supreme Court? Because it's not – as we have hmm. always talked about, it is not – is Donald Trump on the ballot? What makes it to a Supreme Court is not, are you pro-life or pro-choice? It's some narrow question, thing. some specific things. So that's, thing. that's so what's what we're going to get them? into is what, nobody really knows what they're going to look at or decide until the oral arguments happen and okay. we start to see their questioning. Which yeah. is happening, I think, um, this week, right? Uh, it's happening very soon. I think it was soon. the 7th. It might be next this week or be- next. Or the because 14th. their primary is I can't in remember March. remember the 14th or not. It, the primary is he's going to be on the primary ballot. There's no way to okay. keep him off of that right now, but it's going to hold. And then Michigan decided that they couldn't, they didn't have a say in the primary ballot because that was a private thing, but they do have a say on the um, general ballot. So when the general ballots comes around to being created, then they can be come in and make a decision. Yeah, on that. To explain that, like here in and, Indiana, for instance, the primary, even though anybody could go vote in the primary, it is a private organizational thing run by the state. And, of course, we pay for it as opposed to the private parties. Right. And the Libertarian Party, for instance, holds a convention, which is just as legally binding as the primary. But the actual public thing is the general. It's not a primary. Right. So, the, so now they got, the, the Supreme Court decided to step in and, and take the, the appeal to it from Colorado and Maine. So Maine had a different whole thing where it was literally up to the Secretary of State. It was her, their decision. They decided a certain way, and now that's getting appealed. Which is just to me politically to insane, Harry, that a Secretary of State would has the power to unilaterally decide and then would do it. That doesn't But seem they have the power normal. to unilaterally decide everybody who's on a ballot or not. Right. They do it every year. Yeah. Four years ago, we still had the same thing. We had the same thing. Yeah, when, but that's usually when, around vacancies. That's usually around no, no, no. residency issues. No, it's, it's about clear, clearly defined things. That's what I'm saying. Natural born citizen is not clearly defined. It's never been clearly defined by the Supreme Court. And there's a lot of going on about that. It was that happened during Obama. There was so many lawsuits on Obama because they were saying that he wasn't natural born and was first to all these things yeah. that were being put out there. And the only uh, solution that came out of that was that the the citizens of the United States don't have a right to question who's on the ballot or not, or who can run for office or hold office or not. That's got to be somebody else. It, they, everybody kept passing the buck. I wrote about this in 2008 mm-hmm. because it was like. They were having this whole thing about, about Obama, and I was trying to decide who, well, who's going to make this decision. So I went looking. I couldn't find anywhere where anybody has the authority to be the one to make that decision mm. on whether or not he's naturally born citizen or not. And because they, they never could come up with that, everybody kept passing the buck. It just went through. But to me, like Arnold Schwarzenegger is the one that's always batted around. Like that to me, see, that's he wasn't obvious, born here. But right? that's an obvious one. But there's. What about McCain? What have we, we've McCain, had who was born, Mitt, was, Mitt Romney was born in Mexico. Yeah. So we have all of these, is it or isn't it? And it's never been, like I said, clearly defined to determine that. So we still have to go through court cases to do that. It's the same thing here. Is 
And, and it's not necessarily that he's can't be on the ballot. It's it's whether or not he can hold the office. And if he can't hold the office, then it's unfair to the people who are voting to have him on the ballot because they may vote for him. And then that vote gets, doesn't count. Because he could be removed. Correct. Now, people could still say you can still vote for him and rise right in. And you can. You can vote for Mickey Mouse, too. This, sort of, feels, this sort of feels like the people who said that. Obama shouldn't be president, or it's much more clearly defined because he did actually incite incite an insurrection. Mm -hmm. I'll put in the show notes the frontline documentary. It's two and a half hours. It's worth your time to go and watch this as they go through the. You're not like me going to actually read the Jan Six report or the Jack Smith stuff. Only Reinhold does that kind of boring stuff. But they like (laughs) interview people, and you'll see it in the description. The link to the YouTube video. You forget all the stuff that Donald Trump did. And then when you see it in a timeline, you're like, yeah, there's no real real good argument against this. But Harry, what were you going to say before we go to Team Libcheck? You can keep going. Well, all right. One thing I want to say real quick, though, is that so it's going to go to the Supreme Court. Supreme Court's going to do what they do. They're going to look at it. They're going to try and figure out a way to, to get the narrowest, of- narrowest <laughs> possible decision and weasel out of it, say, like they did in 2000, say, this doesn't create a precedent, blah, blah, blah. And they're going to try to find a way to make it so that he has to be allowed on the ballot, has to be allowed on the ballot. But what's the, the fallout of that going to be is that no longer the states really control that process anymore. It's right. going to be a federal thing. Or if they decide in a way that is... Like you have to have a trial before or a conviction before you're found for insurrection, which is no Jefferson Davis never went through. He was charged, but they pardoned him. So you if you change that or say it's not self-executing, you're going to create problems with other parts of the Constitution that then get reviewed. And I already know people who are on this on the gun control crowd who are looking at what's going to happen because they're going to use that. If for some reason we say the 14th Amendment, Section 3, doesn't apply, then why doesn't it apply? It's not what the people want. The people want gun control. So why are we listening to the Second Amendment when the people mm-hmm. should be the one who decide whether or not this is a thing or not? So it's could, it's it could potentially, however they write it, it could potentially be a breaker of the Constitution. Yes. Correct. Jeopardize. This could okay. be Everything. that kind of an issue, and I think it's really it's going to be for me. It's very interesting because I want to see this because I've been trying to find out since 2008 who's deciding this, who's going to ultimately be the decider of these questions. Right. And we don't have that right now. We have just the states, and we've had plenty of times That's where it. states I'll have left it. people off. Like Lincoln was on 13 ballots, yeah. so he still won. But states have always had that power to keep somebody off the ballot if they didn't feel that they should run for president or could run for president. And I think there's something to say where they, if they make a determination that the person isn't eligible to be in office, to hold that office, then they have the right to say he shouldn't be on the ballot, not just oh, we don't like this guy, so we'll keep him off. There yeah, has there to be was- something, a court system, you have to have a, yeah. a decision through the process of the states, and the states are going to have have to start coming up with this if not because this is going to happen this is it'll go it'll go the other way yeah. they did it to us so we'll do it to them and they'll yeah, but how's, they, they said that yeah. about impeaching biden but how's that going everybody's backing well, away from that now because it's politically not viable but like when you impeached bush then you got impeached obama then you got it's trump was the only one who was doing stuff that was so obvious like with the Zelensky call that or that's the thing you know, his perfect this, phone calls it's not like they can just do it to anybody because the people won't stand for that but they will say look 
50, over 50% 50 of the people in this country think that he's ineligible to be president right now. If you do a poll and you look, it's like 51% is the number. Mm-hmm. It's not like the fringes are saying this. This is, yeah. an, this is a weird idea from it's, the it's a, it's a fundamental question of 2024. The are, are you going to put somebody into a Democratic or Republican office, mm-hmm. small d, small r, somebody that doesn't actually mean it when they swear the oath to the Constitution because they don't fundamentally believe in democracy or Republican government, mm-hmm. Are you going? Does a democratic Republican system? Um, do you allow someone who isn't a a liberal democratic capitalist to be in charge of the liberal democratic capital? It's an existential question for the entire system, for the entire country. Are you going to put somebody in who didn't want to transfer power? Called secretaries of state, tried to get the. I mean, tried to get the Arizona head of the House to do things. He already tried to subvert the Constitution and didn't mean his oath. So are you going to put him in again now that he knows how to rig the system in his benefit? Project 2025 is going to come. Which is what? Project 2025 is a a process that's been created by the Heritage Foundation to basically replace every single person in the executive branch – from the top down, every single person, not yep. just come in and, and let people go and stay as they usually do. Which is well, anybody, what my criticism of Trump right. was that he didn't fill right. in any of these. The other thing is that in order to get into be one of these persons who are picked to be in one of these offices, you have to swear fealty to Trump. Right. You do not care about the Constitution. You don't care about anything else. You don't swear in fidelity to anything other than Trump. Trump says it, it goes. So if he says to the military, who he tried to get stuff done through the military, and the military pushed back and said, no, we're not going to do that, Miley and stuff like that. He wants to go arrest and put to death Miley because he refused to do what Trump wanted him to do. Now he gets people in the office that will do whatever he says. Mm-hmm. What do you think is going to happen? Honestly, Wrecking Ball was a shit, uh, was a crappy song, so I think we should take her out. All right, so let's go to... We all know that everything he said is just hokum because he's a big progressive lib, lib turd. But so let's go to right-wing Brian and right-wing Vaughn and let's have them fact-check. Like, where, where are parts where you wanted to jump in but did not? Oh, there was plenty of them. The first thing is this, that this the intention of this was that Jefferson Davis and bringing up that Jefferson Davis couldn't serve in the office. Okay, he was given a pardon, correct? Part of the pardon process is by accepting a pardon, you're admitting guilt. So mm-hmm. that was part of the reason behind with Nixon and things like that. And that's actually a sneaky little piece there for Nikki Haley to go ahead and come in and say, hey, you know what? If I pardon Trump, that's great. If he accepts the pardon, he's admitted guilt. So mm-hmm. you do have that portion of it right there, Dennis. But getting back to it, like the first thing is the court, the state courts held that he committed insurrection. Okay, that's fine. I, I understand that. But the question is, on that piece of it, what degree is that? Is it gay of aid and comfort? Is it the actual committing insurrection? Is Did he just prevent from telling people to go away at the time that he did? Or why is it all of a sudden now that we're up to that portion of what he did, which I'm not defending. Trump is an absolute sleazebag. I've never voted for him, never will vote for him. But the question is that, is this something that can be decided inside these various state courts or by secretaries of state? Or is this something that should be maybe tried in the venue that it took place in, which would be a federal trial, which is underway? Now, I understand your position. The timing sucks. I've been wondering what they've been doing for the last three years on this. 
And but you, you can't yeah. say that because that's what that's how the justice system works. It takes forever to do anything. That's why this was right. a self-executing thing to say. So you didn't have somebody have that chance to go and squash things out and get back right back in. That was the whole point. Was that it was but, obviously he committed insurrection. Uh, it's well, not it's not obvious that 50% of the country. That's what I'm no, getting at here on this. But it's not obvious. It's the same thing as saying it's not obvious that we landed on the moon. It, oh, just as Trump has said. You're saying moon deniers? Is they, just, okay, here you go. Go for it. Continue. Just as Chris said, he watched that frontline thing. You look at the data. It's it's obvious. At the time, even all of the Republicans were saying it was an insurrection. Like 12, it, 12 people were in on it. Yeah. And then there's dozens and dozens of other Republican officials who are lifelong conservatives within the White House, arguing with him, secret service members, people in the states, like they, they all disagreed with him. And he's, as with all conspiracies, have to go, how many people have to be in on it for this to be true? Or are those 10 people lying who have now admitted under oath that they lied? Yeah. Like at one point... Rudy Giuliani in the middle of that says to the Speaker of the House of Arizona that he goes, we have a lot of theories, but we don't have a lot of that. We don't have any evidence. Right. You have multiple court cases of them fabricating this. You have a pattern of criminal behavior where Donald Trump is calling officials trying to get them to do the right thing, a.k.a. steal votes for me. Right. Like you have a criminally and then he wants to go to the Capitol on January 6th. You have the pressure campaign on Mike Pence, you have people constant. He's talking about fighting. You're going to lose your country if you don't fight today. Like It's very clear when you put it into a pattern what Donald Trump was actually trying to do. He was trying to subvert the process and get his electors implanted into the system to overturn the election based on the absolutely false notion that he had won the election and Joe Biden had lost. And you have a person who knowingly committed a conspiracy to subvert the electoral process. Like, it's just indisputable when you look at his pattern. If you don't ever look at anything Donald Trump does critically, then you're, of course, going to believe. So, like, those 50%, or I really think it's probably, like, 35 to 40% of the country that believes this. Like, they think... A lot of Republicans think something fishy went on or has gone on or goes on. I've heard that forever. Like Julia Carson in our, where Harry and I live, she just always cheated. There was never any evidence of it, but it was just, you know, those center township, quote unquote, people, those Democrats, they like to steal votes, if you know what I mean, wink, right? But in terms of people who actually honestly believe that the 2020 election was stolen that Donald Trump did nothing wrong. I think that's a much smaller percentage yeah. of people. I agree. Good. Yeah. Okay. Neither me or Brian, I know Brian will agree with me 100% on this, but neither of us actually think that Trump didn't do all the things that they're, they're accusing him of. That's not our contention. That wasn't what we were arguing about. And to answer the one guy, the right-wing thing is just a joke. Chris is just teasing us, yeah. so don't worry about it. But anyway, I'm um, teasing Reinhold too. Yeah, it's he's, more he's of a just, more slap than me. Just, yeah. It's no. an inside joke. I'm not slapping you. <laughs> if I really thought you were a progressive, <laughs> I would not let you on this show and give you yeah. 10 minutes to talk Donald Trump. So with me and Brian, the problem, we both are very, we're as anti-Trump as Dennis is, to be honest. I'm sure Brian would agree with me on that. And our problem is not that we want Trump in, that we didn't think Trump didn't do anything wrong. The problem, we are we're looking at the legal system and we're like, has he been proven? Yes, it 
to anyone who looks at it, yeah, it looks like he did an insurrection, but our legal system hasn't proven it. And that's the problem. And the whole, um, like with the self-executing thing, that is going to be interesting mm-hmm. because what they should have done, the 14th Amendment didn't do, and it should have done is specify how it, you would go about deciding whether or not someone had committed an insurrection. That's not in there. So but, now it's going to be real, up to the courts real, to do it. I That's going to create a lot of problems. I have to Congress had that. an opportunity. Congress had an opportunity yeah. for the past 150 plus years to define exactly. this, and right. they never did. But yeah. this is exactly what happens in Congress. What I'm saying, they yeah. punted. They, but, they it, but the court system has found. Happens because of everyone it. has punted this. It has been found yeah. in court that he has committed insurrection. Though you, you keep saying right. that but it's never been found in court. Yeah, but why would I trust that when you have the the judicial the judicial system as partisan as it is? Like a Democratic yeah. judge can just rule whatever, and then all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Lefty Reinhold can go. A court decided it. It's, or you have yeah, a, a, you know, a Trump appointed judge uh, delaying a trial for four years because why Trump did, wasn't. Uh, that's, they, but that's exactly no, what I'm saying. Is yeah. it goes both ways. This is the breakdown of the system that I was talking about. Why at the was end of the last segment. why was it so important that we had a trial by jury in the U.S.? Why was that a, such an important part of the original founding? Because, because you're taking somebody's judges, rights away. You're not. This isn't taking yeah. somebody's rights away. It, it can be, Dennis. You kind of look at this like the DMV here. I'm going to say this, and I know you don't like this analogy. You, driving is a privilege, right? Mm-hmm. But the Secretary of State can revoke your license, but there's a list of things that you have to do to have your license revoked, and you have a remedy to go ahead and do those with due process. And that's what I think our point is on this, is that there, there isn't a, a very firm due process here. You can say it's, yeah. state it's not well defined, but there's a due process. Every state has the, their rules on how this happens. And but, just but, because you don't like the rules that the way they are, because you don't think they're good <laughs> enough. I mean, look, Colorado had a trial. They had an appeal. They, what else do you want them to do? We're not going to go through a criminal well, trial like because a, a criminal a conviction is uh, way out of line in this situation because oh. you're only determining whether somebody is eligible to hold an office. You're not well, determining whether they should be in jail. Well, you're not determining hey. whether they should pay a fine. You're not determining anything that uh, violates any of their civil rights. All you're doing is making a determination. So why would it be more required to have a civil criminal conviction as opposed to just like when you go to a tort court or a small claims court? Because all you're trying to do is determine which which side is right. I think in in fairness, these guys like why not let Jack Smith finish his work? But but that's the problem. Look how long that takes. Good. That's their point. If if we were putting him in jail for insurrection, I would agree with you. But we're not putting him in jail for insurrection. We're saying he can't hold an office. In some ways, you're disenfranchising many millions of people of the right that the Republican Party has clearly shown this is who we want. And, and, and Paul, this is, this is where you Trumpy anti-TDS people here. What's the harm to Donald Trump? The harm, it's not about Donald Trump. It's about whether or not a court can disenfranchise millions and millions of people and a political party that has clearly shown this guy is our choice. Why, Harry, why should they have their right removed? Well, let me ask you this. What if Sank Unger wanted to be the Democratic candidate and he got put on the ballot? But he's clearly not an American he's, citizen. He's, so he's what, clearly committed an insurrection. But, but hang on. Okay, but, but that's not, but again, that when? hasn't been. Yeah, his podcast sucks, but that's a different story. I don't think we can call that insurrection. <laughs> but, the insur- but the point is that, and I agree with these guys, wait for Jack Smith. Wait for it. Like, It'll well, never happen. Okay. 
first of all, Jack Smith's so, not, not um, indicted him for insurrection. Right. So therefore, that's not even going to matter. Everybody will save that as a count. Yes. So in order for him to do that, to put him in insurrection, he has to do a, another indictment, another grand jury. It's going to be another three years. It's going to be another five years. It's going to be Trump will be passed away before we even determine whether or not he committed insurrection if we go down that path. Brian? Yeah. Well, I say, how many states have it to where you cannot run for president if you have a felony conviction? No, you cannot run for office. It's yeah. Not even just president. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can't office. office. Right. So part of the problem is we have an issue here where the states are trying to decide what a federal law means. The the 14th, the I'm sorry, the 14th the Amendment is federal law. But now we have states all trying to interpret well, states what are, federal states law are still means. applied. You can still in a state court determine whether something is constitutional or not. It just get appe- it'll get appealed. But right, right? which yeah, is the process we're appeal. in the middle of right now. We're yeah. going to go to the Supreme it, yeah, Court. And I think it's all right, let Larry get in here. It'd be the exact yeah. same. It's the exact same way Colorado's done with weed and, and weed and mushrooms. Yes, on the federal level, it's freaking illegal. You can't do this. Thing. Yeah, Colorado's allowed it to go. And but the thing is, there's rights to be. There's arguments to be made for states' rights, no matter how good or bad that ends up being. I mean, take a look at drug legalization. Yeah. States' rights yeah. has helped that along. With abortion, I know three of you plug two of you, three of you plug your ears. It's been terrible because it went ahead and said took the, the, the right to an abortion and pushed it back to the states, which of course the states did a wonderful job of implementing oh, that. Yeah, Thank wonderful. you very much, Tennessee. But, but this is the thing is that this is a federal election. And this is where, again, getting back to this disenfranchised piece, if you're really worried about a group of people getting pissed off and that group of Trump supporters who are maybe fuzzy, you know, he's really a jackass. Go ahead and basically pour kerosene on the deplorable piece. That's exactly what's going to happen. But the, the problem is, this is not a federal. This is not a federal election. This is a. These are primary. state elections that are then certified by the federal government right. to recognize the will of the states because the entire system is designed to be the states lead and the federal government right. serves the states, right. which we're not going to get into Texas, but that brings into a whole nother realm of arguments <laughs> of what a state has as a right versus the federal government when the federal government has done what the founders fear, which is said, we are supreme and you are subservient to us. So I mean, the federal government has the ability through the Congress to override the will of the votes in the states and not certify. That's what Trump was trying to do, was trying to say, override the will of the people and put me in. But well, let's say Trump wins Colorado. Let's say yeah. that they go ahead and he, they write him in and he wins. Colorado sends their delegates to Colorado, to Washington saying Biden won. There's a problem with that. There's a problem with that, though, is that the decision that was made in Colorado stated that even write-in ballots for Trump would not be counted. And now you've just disenfranchised all those people who are wanting. Harry, go ahead. Just franchise if he was 25 years old or if it was Taylor Swift who was running. Franchise everybody. Go ahead, Harry. So you want populism with no sit down? You want pure populism with no constitutional checks, and we don't have any rules or limits, right? (laughs) Harry, whatever the people want. Thank you, (laughs) Harry. I was just about to ask you to speak. All right, go ahead, Vaughn. And I I just blanked. My line just went blank. But it's a tricky thing, honestly. (laughs) And I will say what would be worse is if he's on all the elections, then he gets elected, and then they're like, oh, he's not eligible. That would even be a worse thing to happen. Which will happen. If he he gets elected, don't think for a minute there won't be court cases saying that he cannot hold office. Oh, I know. There will be plenty. Mm -hmm. But honestly... It's just our system is really difficult. This is going to be 
crazy. I, I think the Supreme Court is going to find a way to get the majority, like seven to nine, seven to two, or even nine zero ruling. It will be nine zero. I okay. think they're going to find a way to do it on a technicality. Hold on, Paul's being dumb in the comments, and then he's being smart. But he says, so Chris, you keep asking about people who'd be disenfranchised. What about the MC, the libertarian candidate who wasn't allowed to become mayor in Pennsylvania? She ran, she won, she wasn't sworn in. That last part may have a bit to do with her DUI conviction and the homicides caused by her drunk driving, but the poor voters were disenfranchised. She was convicted in a court of law, just as Brian said, and it was a there's a traditional process this is a much bigger question and there hasn't been like just because one judge says it it doesn't mean that's not right for yeah. 50 million people there right. you don't so, see the disconnect there so the pro- the problem is that this is not well defined we haven't had this situation yeah. happen very often in our history so sure. so there's a lot of people who are trying to figure it out the people who are on the original side in the federal society and judge Ludig, and those people who i think have the most knowledge about this topic, this specific topic, are all saying that he's ineligible. That's something you should take to, to an account. I think that the Supreme Court has to take it into account because they are all people that they respect. All the five appoint the five conservatives on that court who are originalist thinkers look at Ludig as one of on the shelf type of guy yeah. you got to look up to. So there's a lot of stuff that's going to happen here. And the problem, like I said, is that you can try to say they should do this or they should do that, or they could do this. Or how about that? We have to deal with what we have. And we but, have at least uh, some sort of do some process where they went to a court, they provided evidence. They had a defense. They just made a decision. It went to appeal and made a decision. I don't know what else you can do to say that, they didn't try through the judicial process to, to figure this out. But that's one state court. That's, but that's one state court, but that's what we're saying. Does that, that, does that state court have the right to, to make that decision? For all 50 states. Or is, is the Supreme Court going to say it has to be consistent in all three 50 states, which has not been historically accurate because we've had times where people weren't on the ballot in all those states. Yeah. Like we have like the libertarian, libertarian never has been, you know, a right. few times been on the ballot in all 50. But now, this is where Paul is smart. Paul says mostly Trump wants to pardon himself, which will be his own constitutional crisis. And that is the entire goal. Go ahead, Vaughn. Yeah. Well, he doesn't he have to pardon. Himself, he has to admit that he's guilty. No, he doesn't have to pardon himself. All he's got yeah. to do is put somebody in the Department of Justice, the Department of Justice, who's loyal to him, because yeah. that's going to be the requirement yeah. is that if it feels to him and say, okay, make those go away. And then they make them go away. Yeah, you can't be pardoned if you don't accept guilt. That's part of being pardoned. But what? Up? And that, of course, derailed my train of thought. Where was I about to go? Let's start. Really? Let's oh, start. I know where it was. Go ahead. The, the power. The, the the biggest issue here is the power and ability to choose who is allowed on the ballot is an extremely powerful thing, mm-hmm. and this will expand if the Supreme Court does rule that Colorado can do that. Whether rightly or wrongly, it does expand the power of someone to keep other people off the ballot. And that in is ultimately at the root of why I'm a little I hesitant. Don't, it's almost a little like it, when the Supreme Court federalizes election money. I don't yeah. I don't believe this it, it expands became, the power. I think it just defines that power and, always existed. And if that power it, exists, it expands I mean, the usage of it. Yeah. That's yeah, that sounds to, like a, to, a, a, to a specific group of people who have held office, sworn fealty to the, the constitution, mm-hmm. committed 
insurrection after that. So how many people are we talking about By here? aiding and abetting yeah, the yeah. enemy, what does that mean? Yeah, giving aid and comfort, aiding aid and, and comfort to insurrectionists. Uh, what does that mean? And how many convictions have we seen at the state and federal level who somebody who knew nothing about the situation, not saying Trump's not like that, but I'm saying who know who basically are just there and all of a sudden they're convicted for aiding and abetting. And we're not saying Trump in this case. We're talking future cases down the line. Right. I understand you're saying future mm-hmm. cases, but you're also not understanding how limiting this actually is. You're trying to you're trying to make this like a slippery slope argument, and I don't see the political will behind that to actually make that happen. Yeah, so are you just worried about lawfare, that the political parties are just going to rush down to the courthouse and just like, no, we're going to, each state's just going to say, nope, we're not going to let the other party on. We're just oh, and that's the other thing, too, is what's going to happen is that because we now determine that this, if it goes this way, we determine that the Secretary of State or whatever process the state has in determining who can be on the ballot and who can't, there's going to be some laws written around this. To determine, well, how do we determine if someone has committed insurrection? Does there have to be a trial? Does there have to be a conviction? Does it have to be this? Does it have to be that? That's going to be their determination on how to fix that going forward. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're just stuck out in nowhere land where they can't do anything about this. Just like Congress could have done something about it. Co- Congress could right now go in there and in three-fourths vote say that Trump's eligible to run for president and, and end the whole conversation right there. But they're not going to do it. Is someone committing insurrection if they vote? For someone to be removed because they are they apparently committed insurrection? Are they disenfranchising somebody? And is that considered insurrection? This is the vagueness of it. That's the but problem. But I don't, I don't I think it's them. necessarily that vague, but I do agree that there has to be some sort of oh, yeah. codification at the state level to oh, determine what this means. I don't I do not agree that it should be a federal level at all. I, it's I, a federal I law, conviction. so you have yeah. to. An That's amendment. the problem. But so so is natural born citizen, but we have different states have different rules for that. Yeah, because that hasn't gotten to the federal level. Oh, it has gotten to the federal punting, level, and the federal level punting. says no. And they're going to do the punting again this time. Right. And, yeah, and they probably will. They're, they're going to find his wants at 7290, something like that. That's going to be a, he can be on the ballot and come up with some other reason. And the reality is Colorado was not going to be a, a state that Trump won. Now, no. it's been a swingy kind of state in the past, but I don't think Trump wins that. But it has almost the opposite effect. It's like banning a book. All of a sudden, it's the most popular book in the library the second it's banned. The minute you ban somebody from running for office without a conviction, I would love to see the numbers. If Trump is convicted of a federal felony, what are Trump's support numbers then? Because at that point, then, I think you see a lot of Trump voters go, yeah, you know what? Yeah, the documents. Yeah, the even the shitty New York case. And when is that ever going to happen? I think it happens sooner than you think. When? Because he just delayed I'm sorry, Jack Smith's I, I, trial. Let me get out the crystal ball and shake it real quick and see when he can be convicted. I don't know. All, can you, can you do that again? Be, on, hey, Brian, can you do that again on camera for me? All right. All, all of these are going to end up being after the election. Now. We already know that the documents case is going to be at least two years from now because she, the judge down there will not follow the SEPA rules and the requirements that she has to go through, and she's delaying so and delaying it. Then you've got Jack Smith who just, just got delayed. Had a meeting. She just had an ex parte meeting on this yesterday. Yep. By the way. Yeah, with the prosecutors to sort mm-hmm. through things. She, yes, she is a Trump employ, appointee, yeah. but of course she did graduate from Michigan law. She did right. well, I'm not, down there. She was an assistant DA. She was a DA. Doesn't mean she circuit. understands the SEPA process and all the federal judge oh, things okay, that she so has she, to deal with. She's, what, what, does. What's the process that she yeah. doesn't understand it? She's relatively new SEPA. or is there something else more deeper here, Dennis? SEPA is no, a I'm very kidding. specific <laughs> thing that involves 
documents, confidential documents, top secret documents, that sort of thing. There's a process you have to go through in order for those to be used in a court of trial. It's a SEPA process. There's certain stages or stage one, stage two, stage there's five five stages you have to go through. Mm -hmm. And they have to have so much time in between each one. So because of the delaying and delaying of all the stuff that like Jack Smith put in a, a request and it was like three months later, she said, okay, we'll rule on that request. It's taking forever for her to do things. And I'm not saying necessarily that she's doing it because she's a, she was appointed by Trump and she's trying to cover for him. I just don't know if she has the, the understanding of what this specific trial requires and she's inexperienced in that okay. regard. And, so, and was she, she may not be she's not have, qualified or she could this, might, she might have the correct counsel to help her with difference this. between being qualified and having experience you, you you can be qualified up the ass but if you don't have the knowledge of the experience of the mm-hmm. specific very limited use type thing where she's never been involved in a sepa case before so she doesn't how, understand all that yet how did she get this case then because she was on the docket as being the person who was next in line to take the case because okay. she got approved she got put on the court Okay, Alina, so Alina Haba is, is a qualified a, lawyer. Do you think she's very good? No, I'm not saying that. I'm talking <laughs> about this. You're bringing up concerns that she's that doesn't that she's inexperienced. She doesn't know how to run these cases. Yeah. Do do judges get any experience to be able to hear a case, or do they have to have prior experience? Is this the entry level job that starts out that requires a master's degree and 37 years of experience to flip burgers for five dollars an hour? I just do you think I, that SEPA is something that most judges are involved in no, in their I, lives? That is it something you get into and you learn as you go in that higher right. level of court system once you get up into there. It's right. like you I get a job as a manager. I'm if I'm a tech right now and I'm doing all my tech work, I'm really knowledgeable about that. I get put into a job as a manager, I could have all the management training classes and everything else, but as soon as I get in there, I'm going to have to learn how it really works and what you have yeah. to do, what the idiosyncrasies are. Yep. And that's what she's elevated mm-hmm. to the federal bench. She's got to learn all the federal laws and stuff like that that she's got to have to deal with. Okay. That's and she's had two years, whereas opposed to other judges who are in there that could have taken this case have had twenty years. So they have a lot okay. more experience with that. And she's okay. already been slapped down by the um, appellate court once for doing things wrong, very bad way. It was not a great situation for her. But we just know that she's trying to figure this stuff out, and I get that. And it's going to. But what I'm saying is, it's going to delay the process. That this trial will not happen before. Yeah. Election. Who, who has the right, though, for a speedy trial in the end? Who has the right? Does. I'm, I'm not saying, I'm just, here's my thing on that, because you're going to bring up something that I said. Mm-hmm. The, the, the person who's on trial has a right to a speedy trial, but you also don't want to have a trial take 20 years to go to court. So there is some oh, okay. level of the government saying, hey, we need to have this justice be done in this situation we can't let john Gotti go 30 years before his court case comes up he's going to continue to do things that are not 30 years. we got to have something there so there is a right to a speedy trial but not the same way that it is for a defendant but there is something still there that justice still needs to be done in a timely manner and and i'm not disagreeing with you with that and i think vaughn and i were both saying that it wasn't right. just me but the the real thing comes down to is if she's qualified to hear the case, she doesn't have the experience that you want, but she is qualified to hear the case, she should hear the case. I didn't say she shouldn't. Okay. I've never said she shouldn't. She was the okay. one picked right. for the case. She's the one in charge of it. Because she is in the one in charge of it and she does has the lack of experience, this will take longer okay. to do. This is going mm-hmm. to be well out beyond the election. Jack Smith's case has been sitting for two months waiting for a decision from the appellate court. 
And because what? of that, snap, snap, come on, guys, what's taking so long? Yeah, <laughs> it, it should be a fairly obvious thing anyway. But yeah, they're taking their time. They're doing because that's what a federal court does. Mm-hmm. They take their time to do things. And because of that, they now have to delay. It was supposed to go in March. It's going to be at least May, June, July before the case gets heard. If there are no other delays, which all that Trump's trying to do right now is delay. And he's, he's just going to try. And, this? So he's Sorry. going to try and push it out past the election. The, the Georgia case, look what's going on there. That one's never going to be before the election anyway. That was going to be well into 2025 before that even got to trial. You, and you, now you've got the, the court case in New York that, uh, everybody's trying to say that was, you know, questionable and everything else. Bragg, he looks like he's going to go in March now because nobody else is going. He was going to sit back and let all these other cases go because they were federal cases, but because the federal court system is a slow burn process. Mm-hmm. He's like, I guess I'll go. So he's going to go in in March probably. Yep. And Trump's already got a court case beyond the one that's being decided by Engeron. There's another one with the Trump Corporation is being sued for something. I can't remember some sort of fraud that 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 case is going in next month too. So there's a lot of these court cases, but until it's a, I've seen people say that if Trump gets that they've said that if Trump gets a conviction, they won't vote for him. That these are people who are going to vote for him now. That if he gets it, they won't vote for him. And it's okay, really though, but depends on what he gets convicted for and how they can manage to try to weasel his way out of getting that. As that was in the real, they railroaded me and that was all racist. And this was all the things he's doing now. He's trying to keep those people on his side. Mm -hmm. Right. And I know Democrats who have told me personally who have said that they really should have waited for a conviction before removing him from Colorado. It goes both ways on this. That's a difference between, here's the thing. There's a difference between what we'd like to have or what's politically expedient and what is the situation we have to deal with. Right. And the situation we have to deal with is that I think if you remove him from the ballot, mm-hmm. it's going to it's going to anger his base, which I really you know, which. But if you remove, yeah. if you don't remove him from the ballot and he gets the election and then the court case comes at the after the election to say he can't hold office well, and right. he does, they don't let him go into office. I think his base might be even more upset. Not unless there's a clear cut conviction. All right. Said, clear cut conviction. All right. Amazing tell, VP. Harry, tell me what to think. <laughs> tell me what I ought to think. You've been listening as patiently as I have to all these nerds. There is a lot of nerds. A lot of nerds going on here. He knows knows justice's names and nerd stuff. What do you think? Do I think Trump convicted? Did I think Trump did insert? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happened way before Jan Six. They're planning now. Jan Six was mostly around. We were doing shows on it in August of 2020. Yeah. Like we knew if you were yeah. paying attention, you knew what he was going to do. The dude lost the Emmys and yeah. claimed that the Emmys were rigged against Correct. him. Correct. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And they're just trying to get the people to not focus on anything else but the right was, I think, it's been almost like four years of just trying to right. get people to look at something else besides the right. But when it comes to the ballot on getting removed color, I understand the fear of it because it were of the lawfare fear propaganda that people usually do for that people are going to, we're going to go to this and then people are just going to remove people from ballots. Hey, they've been removing libertarians and ballots for decades now. Okay. Not allowing it or making people jump through hoops. They're doing it currently right now. Like the Republican egg farmer guy can't get on the ballot here. So that's already happening now, (laughs) but the ballot in for Colorado, that is their ballot. 
he can't hold office, he should be removed from it. Okay. And I think the other states are just too chicken crap to do to follow suit. And they're, they're wanting to wait, right? Now. Yeah, so a lot of them are wait. saying, like the Illinois says, we think he committed insurrection. Yeah. But we don't think we are the ones who need to decide this because they know the case right. is going to Supreme Court anyway, so they punt it. Correct. And the other states are also wondering, I don't want to anger my base that that love Trump. I'm not going to remove them. I'm not going to do that in my state. I need those people to vote for me. Yeah. So. All and, right. And then Newsom might run for, still might be running for president, waiting for Biden to drop out here. As, pa- <laughs> as Paul says, but with either candidate, my chances of watching a state funeral in the next five years is really but, high. So that is here, true. That is true. Here's, here's my thing, though. Here's, and here's what and I would, don't mean Jimmy Carter. Here's what I would love to see. Though, <laughs> for Bogo. Because what I think would happen death. if Trump is, it doesn't get the nomination. Right. If he, for some reason, were determined that he's not eligible to run, or for some reason he gets convicted of, of a crime, and then Nikki Haley gets all those votes and she ends up winning the nomination, et cetera. Right? If, if they see that happening, I think Biden loses his reason for running because he wanted to run just to make sure Trump didn't get in. Right. So maybe they put a, a, a Newsom in there. So you could have Newsom and Haley going Correct. at each other. Well, that was the point which, of this Dean guy is that he was supposed to be the Hubert Humphrey that came along and broke the dam against <laughs> uh, LBJ, and then another but, guy would get in, oh, and then we'd end up with a Robert right. Kennedy. But I think oh, no. if you if we do that for the Republican Party, though, if Trump were to get pulled out in some way and his power gets clipped in, because of it – um. I think that's a chance for all the people in the Republican Party who are only defending him because they feel like it's the only political way they have path forward. If he were to lose his political power, I think that they turn on a dime yeah. and reclaim back the Republican Party is what it should have been, what it should be, or what it used to be, or whatever. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I think that's the only path forward for them because they've just committed to this um, na- tailspin of – we're going to ride this to the end. Mm. We're all in 100% behind Trump, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, guys, like Cruz, what did he said about your wife? What did he treat you? It's, what it's he said all about, about you? where voters are. It's Politicians weird. are a, a lagging indicator. Final thoughts, Vaughn? I just, I think hanging the defeat of Trump on this is a self-defeating thing because the more they try, the, the more that the, because Trump is a populist. He's popular with the populism. And what is populism? <laughs> populism is a reaction against a perceived elite. And what's going on? And they're just going, the more people think that the elite are trying to shut down Trump, the more his support is going to grow. Yeah. And I, I think that's the biggest problem. The more disenfranchised is, the people who are ready to do a civil war will become. Yeah. And so, and then the idea, I, I, I don't think the Republican Party is going back to what it was before Trump. Once Trump's gone, I, I just don't see that happening. I think it's going to be something new. We'll find out what it is. Ultimately, I would love to just see Trump lose in the ballot box. And honestly, the polls, if you watch the polls, if you think they have any real indication of anything at all, the more that we focus on trying to get Trump out, trying to get him convicted, trying to impeach him or whatever. The more that happens, the more his poll numbers go up, not just with Republicans, but also even with some independents. Mm-hmm. And so that's, except I don't want now. Trump. Except the dropping so, now with all this talk and everything that's going on, they're actually going down now. So the last three or four, like two weeks, it's been Biden's gaining back up again because he's gaining on the gender gap which is the women are starting to rally behind him, which is what's holding everybody going after Taylor Swift because she's a symbol of that. 
No, low gas prices in a stock market that's well, doing it. That's really the key, though. It, it, yeah. If for some reason Biden gets the gas prices under $2 a gallon, by the time election comes around, he gets reelected. Oh, it's just a simple fact of that. That ain't happening. Oh, I think it will. Brian? I don't know. I think I'm just going to stop this election at this point. Now, I, <laughs> I the thing that I keep coming back to on this, I kind of share Vaughn's thing on this, is that the dis- that the perceived disenfranchisement, yes, we can talk about real disenfranchisement here later on, but the perceived disenfranchisement, just like deplorables, just like cling to your guns and your Bible and stuff like that, is guns and religion. Sorry, that, that was the official term. I'm not trying to misspeak here. But that has the opposite effect. And as we know in, wow, okay, that has the opposite effect on what this we want to have happen. I, I want to see Trump lose in the poll. I want to see him to lose at the ballot box. I, I would love to see someone else come in. That didn't and, really matter last time, let's be honest. So Yeah, I know. But <laughs> we're I, I, we're I, in for a long uh, yeah. decade. Yeah, yeah. I, but I really think, as I said, the thing is that once Biden's gone, once Trump's gone and things like that, who's left? Newsom who pissed off the target lady? Because she made the comment that, oh, the governor is the reason why all this is happening. And then he wanted to tell, he wanted to talk to the target manager because, you know, he wanted to go full Karen on him. If someone like Jared Poles or somebody like that ran, someone who had a, you know, a decent, like, history and stuff, although it's tough to find someone who's decent in that echelon of politics, I think they anyone runs away with this. So I think it's going to be taking a look at these middle-of-the-world governors who... Not Holcomb, dear God, no. But looking at some of these guys and saying, hey, can you guys maybe step up and do this? I really think that there's a some sort of form of Bill Clinton, hopefully minus the various rape charges and things like that out there that might step up and take a hold of this. Because I can tell you this much. I really don't want it. We brought it up. The giant meteor taking out Biden and Trump. Great. Okay, then we're left with Vivek and Kamala. Is there a second meteor available for that one? I don't <laughs> no, think it's just time to recognize was. that the next generation is even worse than this generation. That's how it's always been. <laughs> yeah, it's marge. It's just ever shrinking returns. Yes, but I, I want you. I want to let Brian finish, but I do have something to say about what he said. <laughs> no, that was your final thoughts. You don't get more. We let you talk a lot on this. <laughs> I, just I was going to end this an, a, a half hour ago. I just ago. wanted to make one point. All right, go Do ahead. it on your own show. Is that <laughs> the, the, the point of the, of the constitutional amendment was that it was to prevent somebody who did have the support of the people, like somebody like a Trump. Because if somebody didn't have the support of the people, you wouldn't need the constitutional amendment. You would just not get elected. So the problem is preventing someone who does have that popular support from holding that office. And that's why it's if we don't apply it when it applies, then there's no reason to have the thing in the first place and just take it out because you're going to end up invalidating the Constitution when you do it. So that's just all I wanted to say. Uh, I'm not giving a thumbs up to that. Sorry, that's my Mac camera. I got to disable the emoji thing with I hold the pen up. And, and, And the thing is with that, Dennis, They've had 150 plus years to fix this. This is a problem that, that the government hasn't clearly defined. Let's define it then. Okay. Let's I'm go all ahead. here for that. That's what I'm saying. Went through but, the process right now. But, but the feds need to define it. I know you're wanting it with the states, but the but it's taking place at the federal level, not the state yeah. level. Harry, did you check out 20 and start buying things on Amazon too? Because you're not actually voting for the president. You're voting for the elector who you want to go to right. college and if that to do that. elector can't be there, blah, blah, blah. We, we, we just talked about that for an yeah. hour and a half. All right. I think that's it. I think we're done, Harry. 
Yeah, they're done. Oh, okay. Have we solved anything? <laughs> oh, I'm just more confused. <laughs> but I am more informed, and that's really what it's about. Thank you to, to the three of you for explaining something that I literally didn't know anything about an hour ago, which is I'm sorry. not good for a, a show about current events education. But here we are. So, so what information got thrown out of your brain in order to retain this that we just did? Somebody's phone number. Yeah, like Kelly Kapowski. Who <laughs> scored four touchdowns in a state champion? That's one of my, that's one of my favorite Married and Children episodes. She's going on a trivia show and they cram it. And so just like one piece of information slides out another. And then the ant, the question to win mm-hmm. was who scored four touchdowns in a single football game. <laughs> she lost. All right. That's enough of this. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We really do appreciate you. We appreciate all of our patrons and we appreciate everybody who listens. We even appreciate Paul Copeland for commenting on the <laughs> Harry made a face. You couldn't see Producer it. Producer Paul is his name. Yes. Uh, thanks so much for joining <laughs> us here on the program and we will see you again soon.